This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. This is the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast with Andy Hill, session number 75. is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Thank you for being here, everybody. On this show, we often talk about the importance of a true financial partnership with your spouse. When you're on the same page about money, your marriage feels balanced. There's less stress. There's less money fights. It just feels better. But how do we get there? How do we start if we're feeling off balance? Today, I have an incredible guest, a good friend of mine, Elle Martinez. She joins us on the show again. This is our first repeat guest. So you know, yes, you know, she's awesome. (laughs) Elle is the host of the award-winning podcast, Couple Money, which specializes in bringing couples together to build their financial future. She's also the author of a new book called Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money. I personally flew through this book in a like 48 hours and it's uh, right up the alley for this show and perfect for you all as well. So welcome to the show, Elle. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's it's a big deal. This is our second time together. I, I'm so happy about it. <laughs> I am too, because I've had you on my podcast and we've done some projects together. So I always love chatting with you. Excellent. Well, very cool. You know, one thing that I wanted to dive into that you are a an expert on is the money date, you know, and, and, you know, I've talked about the budget party. You've talked about the budget. I think people are going to get, you know, uh, all they need with regard to having some conversations with your spouse today, but could you tell us what a money date is and why they're important? So first off, when you said I'm an expert, I I just want to put out with a disclaimer. Um, I've been there. Um, we've been married for 11 years now. So just, This is something that we've discovered ourselves. And then on my podcast, I interview other couples. So I didn't invent money dates, but it's something that I firmly believe and we saw has been so helpful with our marriage. And money date basically is a check-in with your spouse, low-key, stress-free environment where you guys are looking at your goals, looking at your numbers, And then adjusting the plan as necessary. Because, you know, especially when you're married and when you have kids, life happens. And I feel like one of the biggest mistakes couples make is they feel like they have to be perfect or or they feel like this has to be a big conversation. I I tell couples, please don't have the money talk. That's way too much pressure, (laughs) you know, and, and you're forcing yourself to add this stress in the conversation. But if you have regular check-ins and for us, it's monthly just based on our schedule. Some couples like to do it weekly, like brief um, money dates, do a rhythm that allows you guys to stay on the same page and to work through your goals. And then your finances are just tools to help you build towards that. Cool. So if I'm doing a money date, what, what's like the outcome? What are, what are the big goals that people have when they do a money date? What's the purpose So with the money date, you're sitting down, you're talking about, okay, we made a goal for, let's just say in five years, we want to be completely debt free, right? That's a huge goal. So you break it down this year, we want to do the credit cards, or we're going to focus on the car loan. And then month to month or, you know, week to week, how are we doing with that? How are things going? 
what's going on in our lives right now that we need to be aware of. Maybe you have a family vacation, kids are visiting grandma. So you adjust your finances accordingly because sometimes we give money too much power and we feel like, okay, the money dictates what we do. No, you come up with a plan and then you adjust your finances for that week, for that month to get you closer to where you are. And then the date part is, you know, you are celebrating the wins together. You guys are talking about how you feel. Sometimes you might discover that you're looking at the goal and one of you feels like, I, I kind of don't feel like this is as important as you say it is. Mm-hmm. And then you get that out in the open. Having those conversations takes away the fear of money, takes away the intimidation. But to me, more importantly, you guys are opening up. You're building a deeper relationship about your values and your priorities. All right. Let, let's say I'm listening and I'm saying, okay, Al, all right, I, I could do a money <laughs> date. Um, how, do I, how do I prepare for my first money date with my spouse then? So this sounds counterintuitive, but for the first date, I suggest put the numbers away. (laughs) We'll get into it. There's plenty of tools and apps. I'm sure between the two of us, we can name like a dozen (laughs) that makes it easy. But I truly believe that your first money date is deciding what do you want to do together? What dream or goal do you want to pursue together? And just talk about that. Um, I, I firmly believe that one of the things you should look for for the, quote, right goal for you is how excited are you about this? Think of it like planning a epic vacation, something that you truly love. You're excited once in a lifetime. Plan that out in detail. Have that enthusiasm. And that will help you stay motivated to encourage each other. Because then the numbers, you just work backwards. Like where we are now. Just like a vacation, like, okay, we want to go to Copenhagen or we want to go to Barcelona or wherever you want to go. All right. So we know what we want to go. There's a couple of landmarks we want to see, we want to do. Okay. Right now we have 500 in the checking account. So how are we going to get from where we are now to where we're going? And so the first date is about that. It's setting up the goal that you guys are both excited about and want to do. Excellent. Well, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. So I, I, we've got an agenda, we've got a plan and, uh, you know, some goals that we're looking at. Yeah. Where do I do my money day? Do I just do it at home? Do I do it at, out, at get out of the house? What, what are, what are some locations or thoughts on, how, you know, physically where, where to get this thing done? So I, I think couples should choose where they want to go. I like to go out. You know, we like to go. It doesn't have to be expensive. Um, sometimes though life happens, kids, we have done some money dates outside in our backyard. We have a fire pit. The kids are asleep and my husband has a scotch. I might have a beer or a little glass of wine and we have our little money date outside there. But we've also gone out to maybe some of our uh, favorite spots um, around town or just kind of get out there, walk. I mean, for some couples, that's something to kind of clear their heads. Easier to talk when you're moving. Um, Don't be afraid. Now, uh, it doesn't have to go all out. I actually like the simpler money dates. I I think it's less complicated. You have less interruptions. You know, you go to the park picnic. You guys can just talk and have those conversations. I got a a guest here. Come here, buddy. Ooh, special guest. You too. (laughs) Oh, hey. Good morning. Hey, everyone. We got slightly interrupted by... Uh, my three-year-old son, Calvin, who woke up. We're, re- we're recording this uh, about 6.30 in the morning. 
and I think he heard my voice. So <laughs> I had to bring him back up to bed. But anyway, back to the show. Well, we just took a little break there, everybody. My son came down to to visit. It's usually around uh, 7, 7.30 every morning. He comes down and, and greets me. But uh, where were we? We were jumping in and talking about uh, some ideal locations for your money date. You said taking a walk. You know, getting out of the house is okay. You know, you don't need to spend a ton of money. But hey, if you really want to get out there and, you know, go to a restaurant and sit down and, you know, look at your numbers, that's totally fine. And, you know, we talked about people who have kids. It's kind of funny because my yes. son just came down here. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you're if you're thinking, man, I got I got I have too many kids and too many responsibilities with these kids to even sit down and have these conversations. What 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 advice would you have for people who say that? I say, you know what? This is a, a priority, so you have to work it into your schedule. And for example, like when I was writing this book, obviously it was a priority, but the reality is I have kids. And you may see this, Andy, and have dealt with this, is if you do it in the middle of the day, <laughs> when <laughs> they're awake, you're less likely to get it done. So for me, I had to wake up 5, 5.30 in the morning and start writing this. Mm-hmm. And with money dates, we found that sometimes we have to do it after the kids are asleep. Yeah. That makes yeah. makes a ton of sense. My wife, it was so funny. My wife um, was crafting some uh, emails yesterday during the day, you know, just, just trying to catch mm-hmm. up on some things. And this was after a two and a half hour Lego session with her son. Um, yes. He started to call her a bad mommy for being on email for like five minutes. And it's like, hey, dude, come on, <laughs> give me a break. We were doing Legos for two and a half hours. Give me a break. So, yes, I completely agree that during the day makes it very difficult. <laughs> It, it does. But it, it really is, again, um, a priority because it's not just the finances. You know, of course, you know, you want to have that financial st- stability, especially in the family with kids. And you want to work towards freedom. But really, it's also helping out your marriage. So setting aside t- time for just the two of you to have adult conversations, to just have conversations without interruptions, no matter how adorable they are. Yeah. I have a six and a three year old, so <laughs> they're masters. Uh, they <laughs> are ma- master in. manipulators, too. <laughs> they are. They are. When you said that about bad mommy, I have a three-year-old and she just tells me like, play with me, even though I just played <laughs> like an hour with her and I'm just responding to a text message or something. So how they're horrible. very good. How at horrible of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's say the, um, let's say our, our spouse is not as fired up about looking at some spreadsheets and, and getting the numbers going. How, how do we make these dates fun for them? How do we make it fun? Well, first of all, put those spreadsheets away. (laughs) I know I love spreadsheets, so I say this from personal experience. And talk to your spouse in a way that speaks to them. Um, You know, whether you believe it's a love language, communication style, there's so many different labels, but a lot of the data puts out, put out there is we communicate differently. And that also with relates to money because we also spend money money differently. We save, even if we're on the same page, we're not the same person in a marriage. And a lot of that is working through and bridging that gap. And so if your spouse doesn't like the spreadsheet side, then maybe if they're more visual, for example, uh, pull out a vision board, create that together, and then have like a chart. How close are we this month or this week to that goal? Um, I think that can make a huge difference because a lot of spouses have the same goal. Like they want to get out of debt. They want to start saving. They want to start working towards that goal. But the way you approach it can turn them off. Hmm. 
And so you kind of have this tension because on one hand, they really do want to be a part of this, but there's a disconnect. And again, that that's more the, the marriage part, the communication part. And if you're already excited and you got your spreadsheets and you're so happy with them, it, it would be um, gracious of you to give them something to be excited about because it's the same numbers, you know, it's the same data, uh, but presenting it from their perspective. Talk, talk about these vision boards. That's very interesting. So I know they sound a little like frou-frou, a little woo-woo, but (laughs) I was introduced to them from a few friends and I was also like studying Dave Ramsey. I, this will tell you how much uh, of a nerd I am. Mm -hmm. I love going on YouTube for the debt-free screams. Oh, I love those too. And seeing how they do that. And, you know, he always interviews them like, how did you do this? And I've read his books and everything. And there's a, a certain amount of people that kept going, they didn't call it vision boards per se, but they had a visualization Mm. of what they're working towards. Sometimes it was on their fridge, Mm -hmm. you know, and they had a picture of what they were going towards. Sometimes it was like, um, like if I can't see this, like the little grid pattern, Mm -hmm. they printed it out, they did a design and every time they paid 150, whatever off, they would color that in until the design came out. There was some way for them to track their progress visually in a place that they could see on a regular basis. It could be their bedroom, it could be in the kitchen, whatever. And that I think speaks to us as human beings. You know, we love seeing progress. That's something I talk about with Wendy Dates is celebrate your wins. And when hiccups happen, because they do, talk about that and see how you can adjust. So I I think vision boards doesn't have to be complicated. Some people do a huge poster board Mm -hmm. and they construct everything, which can be really cool if your spouse is very artistic, very creative. And that can actually be a money date in itself. I suggest that kind of is um, your second or third money date is that you sit down and you do that together. Like I don't know about you, but with my spouse, sometimes I'll say, oh, I can't wait till we go to Charleston. And in my mind, like I stop there. I'm thinking, oh, the restaurants, we're going to go to the museums. And he's thinking, I'm going to relax in the bread and breakfast we're in. (laughs) (laughs) So we said the same thing, but we're not seeing the Mm. same thing. And so a vision board is a way for the two of you to get together and make sure you're on the same page and then incorporate what each of you would like to do. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs 
Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Let's jump back into our interview. So you mentioned something in there about um, you know celebrating the big moments. What are, what are some fun ways to celebrate? And, and what I guess what are some milestones throughout the process that you could celebrate? So I, I say like every couple does something different with celebrating. It could be uh, picking up your favorite bottle of wine that's on the cheap. You know, two buck chuck, three buck. You know, you make it a game. Um, it could be like okay, we've accomplished this, and you've done such an incredible job doing the meal prep. Say if it was, you know, my husband did prepped all the meals for our lunch, brown bagging it. This, uh, this month we're going to go to where you want to do the money day. You know, you can mix it up, find something personal. It doesn't have to be huge. Um, and, and celebrate those wins. I think I'm going to go back to Dave Ramsey cause there's a lot of principles there. I liked, um, like with the debt snowball, mm-hmm. you group it by the smallest to largest, those psychological wins. And same thing when you're paying down debt, Every time you pay off a credit card or you cross a threshold and, you know, we paid off a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, whatever numbers or way speaks to you, celebrate those wins. And sometimes it can be small wins saying, you know what, I know you worked really hard. I don't see a Starbucks (laughs) charge this month. (laughs) That is fantastic. And, you know, like they are addicted to Starbucks. So it's noticing those things in your partner and then celebrating that. Hmm. Yeah. I could see even like a, a little surprise too. You know, you th- they haven't done Starbucks in a while. You, you bring them one home or, you know, just kinda, yeah, you little gift card, little gift you know, card. we have it in our budget, you know, or I found a deal. Um, I, I think it's, again, I, I am very adamant about getting your financial house in order, but it really does come down to making sure your marriage, you're, you're having that foundation in your relationship and then you can always build from there. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, there's, there's lots of not so happy situations, lots of divorce that happens because of money issues. Why do you think that's the case? I think that's an episode in itself, Ah! but (laughs) (laughs) no, but a lot of it 
like, for example, they say money is the cause of fights, like yeah. the number one cause. Maybe it's number two, depending on which study, um, a, a source of tension. But a lot of it is we aren't having conversations about what we value, what we prioritize. Sometimes we shy away from that because we're thinking, okay, well, I don't want to have a fight over this, so we're not going to talk about this. And that's the wrong approach. Um, I don't think all arguments are bad. I think you have to work through them. You have to talk about it. It's also potential for growth to discover, okay, why do you think this way? We're not, I don't think a lot of us, and I say us because, you know, I'm in the thick of it. You know, I, I write about personal finance for like eight and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think on certain things I know, but at the same time, I don't. You know, there's always something to learn from my husband. And I'm sure you feel the same way with your wife. Absolutely. You know, we get all fired up. I'm not sure if you're the one that gets like fired up. I get fired. Uh, yeah, oh, I, I just read about this. I get crazy. You should try this. <laughs> yeah. And he pulls me back. It's like, well, let's talk about our situation. Let's see what's going on. And I, I feel like, unfortunately, I've had some friends that have gone through divorce. And that was a factor. I'm not saying that was the factor. Mm-hmm. But the communication wasn't there. Um, and that's an emotional distance, whether it's a physical distance. It's harder to try to work things through when you don't feel like you're on the same team. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I ask, uh, obviously, for the show purposes. But, yeah, Nicole and I have, have some rough conversations sometimes, money conversations, where we're not seeing eye to eye. What, what's, what's some, I guess, advice on finding that common ground uh, when you don't see eye to eye? I mean, obviously... We've married this person because they are a good compliment to us. We don't want to be the same person, you know, like. like and one of you is redundant. Exactly. Exactly. One of you is redundant. So uh, obviously it's important to find, you know, common ground. How, how do we do that? How do we do that? So like one of the advice, uh, one of the questions I got actually from people in the community, because I was talking about money dates and that first money date was we can't even agree on the big goal. Hmm. And I said, then don't focus on the big goal at first. Focus on a, a small goal that you're both excited about. So, you know, maybe talking about the long-term retirement or financial independence or debt-free uh, freedom is in the conversation to have right now, but you both agree that that, um, what's it, Express MasterCard or Visa, <laughs> that store card has got to go. It is driving both of you crazy. Start with that. I'd rather couples start with something small that they both agree to because it's like a muscle, hmm. you know, you're building up that habit of having conversations and then you'll have a win on your side. And that feels good, yeah. you know, because you are a team, you are partners. And from there, start saying, OK, what's the next thing we can do together? What's the next thing we can do together? And so, yes, it might not be, quote, ideal. It might not be gazelle intense. Mm-hmm. But you're on the same page and you're moving in the right direction. I think that's absolutely critical. Don't get hung up comparing yourself to another, you know, couple who seem to have it all together. Focus on where you guys are now because you can always change the momentum, but you've got to have that momentum started. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a great piece of advice. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, oh, so, what is um, you know, people are getting together and. You know, they, they've they've been through their marriages for a little while. You've been married for how long again? 
11 years. 11 years. Okay. <laughs> happily. <laughs> That's great. I feel like you got to add that because sometimes happily at the end? like, yeah. happily? And I was like, yes. <laughs> so if you, if you could look back into, you know, the early portion of your, your marriage together, what's one piece of financial advice that you'd give your, your younger self when you, when you got together? I think give give your spouse the opportunity to help you out. And it sounds a little crazy, but when we first talk, started talking about money, um, I was a little naive. Yeah. <laughs> we thought we were both broke college kids, so this shouldn't be hard. But then I had like the trifecta of debt. I had the credit cards. I had the car loan. I had the student loan and everything. Um, and there was a lot of fear. And that was a lot of it was kind of based on what I saw growing up with my parents and at certain points in their marriage, they didn't have each other's back. Mm -hmm. But opening yourself up gives you an opportunity to see your spouse step up to help out. I mean, you married them, like you mentioned, you married them for a reason. They compliment you. They're there. Um, Don't be afraid of that. And sometimes those hard conversations, the ones that we don't want to have are the ones we need to have if we want to have the marriage we dream about. And I'm not talking about the fairy tale, but a marriage where you know someone's got your back. And even though you can't quite see how it's all going to work out, you feel in your gut that it is going to work out because you're on the same team. That's great. That's great. So you, you, did you guys clean up that debt? <laughs> we, di- we did. Oh, good. <laughs> he, he was my number one cheerleader, too. So that's that was great. good. So you are now debt free. Well, we got a mortgage, but that's the next thing. Hey, that's you, free. my inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> well, very cool. Well, so where's the best place for people to follow you and check out this new book, Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money? So I, I like to keep it easy. I have everything, the podcast, the book, um, articles and stories, all at couplemoney.com. That's perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today, Elle. This is a awesome number two conversation for us and i can't wait for number three. Oh, thank you so much this is great it's always good to chat with my good friend l whenever i speak with her i come away with some solid information on how to improve my marriage and my money here are some major takeaways that i had from today's interview number one speak to your spouse in their love language I read this book called The Five Love Languages, and I, I believe that's what uh, Elle is referring to when she when she spoke about love languages. Uh, but after I read this book, I came away understanding that my wife, Nicole, had different ways of wanting to be loved, and everybody is different this way. Some people have a desire to spend a lot of time with their spouse, and that's a good way to be loved. Um, Some people like acts of service. Um, Some people like gifts. Some people like words of affirmation. Some people like physical touch. For Nicole, I I found that she's a acts of service and time spent kind of woman. So when I'm I'm approaching my spouse, my wife... (laughs) In certain financial situations, very important financial situations, like getting rid of debt or talking about paying off the mortgage or living on a budget, it was important for me to think about those love languages in those conversations. So 
and I didn't do it right most of the time, <laughs> but through trial and error, I, I did figure out that approaching my wife in the way that she'd want to be approached. For example, we were working together to pay off debt at a certain point in our marriage. And in order to encourage that partnership, I needed to speak in her love language. And for Nicole, that love language was, sweetheart, what wouldn't be great if we're able to pay off this debt and live on a budget together that you'd be able to stay at home and raise our kids when they're both, when they're both here. And that was sort of our, that was sort of our path together. That was our hope working together. After some of those conversations, she got pretty excited too, because I spoke to her in her love language. If I, if I brought it up in a different way, which I did, A couple times. Uh, hey, hey, sweetheart, I read these books and I really think that you should sell your car and we need to live on a budget and use a spreadsheet. Uh, that, that didn't really go over very well. <laughs> so anyway, uh, number one, speak to your spouse in your love language. And I think everybody's love language is different too. So um, if you haven't read that book, I'd highly recommend it. I will put it in the show notes for people to check out. And number two, visualizing your goals. I really liked when L mentioned how people could create some visual representation of their freedom, of some goal that they want to have. If it's paying off their student debt, uh, you know, being able to visually track that on your refrigerator or your mirror or somewhere where you would see it every day and you'd feel motivated. I can definitely see Um, visual people really enjoying this and having it as a reminder to strive to hit their goals. Number three, if you're having trouble seeing eye to eye with your spouse, start with the small goals that you agree on. I think this is a great one. Uh, I think a lot of folks get overwhelmed uh, when they're starting this financial freedom journey or they understand that uh, there's a new way to live. Uh, you want to pay off your debt. You want to live on a budget. You want to save for retirement. You want, you've heard about financial independence. This all sounds so great. Sometimes all of these different goals can cause fights because um, it, it's overwhelming and you get really excited about it. I know this is uh, specifically in our relationship too. Uh, sometimes I get a little overexcited about where I want to go. And, you know, Nicole and I don't see eye to eye on certain things. But L's advice on starting with the small goals that you do agree on is a great way to go. So don't get overwhelmed by all of the goals that you want to do or the big, hairy, audacious goals. Start small and work together and just chunk them out in steps because. That is the only way, really, that you can make progress, even if you were single. (laughs) And it's also the only way you'll be able to make progress uh, as a married couple, too. So take it it slow and chunk out those small goals together, and you'll make a lot of progress as a couple. So number one, speak to your spouse in their love language. Number two, visualize those goals. And number three, start small. So for me, those three areas are really good personal reminders, actually. (laughs) I tend to, like I said, I tend to get all jacked up about my money goals. And uh, I'm sure you've noticed by listening to the show, I'm a bit financially focused and reminding myself that 
our financial goals are just that. They are our goals, Nicole and I, not my goals. So I'm, I'm personally working on that uh, in my marriage and my relationship. And I know I'm most successful with Nicole when I set aside specific time to discuss what is best for both of us. And our monthly budget party is the best way that we center ourselves and have great conversations to move our family forward. And uh, that's best when we get some time away from our kids <laughs> to talk about what's most important for the Hill family. And we discuss things like, how did we do on our budget last month? What are our plans for the upcoming month? And how are we tracking against our financial goals? And then, you know, what's what's always fun is to talk about what are the exciting things in the future that we need to plan for? The sheer act of us setting aside dedicated time does wonders for our relationship. If you haven't tried a money date, like Elle says, or a budget party, or whatever you want to call it, I would highly recommend it. Now it's time to announce the Money Masters of the Week. Megan and Dave from Michigan connected with me last month for a financial coaching session. We had some mutual friends in town that recommended me as a coach. Shout out to you, Holly. Thank you so much. You rock. <laughs> Megan, Dave, and I built a budget together. We talked about the importance of the money date, and we crafted a plan to crush some debt. These two really made the coaching job super easy because they were ready. They were prepared. I could tell immediately that these two were on a mission to make some major change in their lives. I was so impressed with their example of true financial partnership and marriage that I had to share their story with you all today. After focusing intently just in a few months and also getting a boost from a super recent tax return, they paid off $6,500 of credit card debt and student debt. And now they have a plan to become consumer debt free by the end of the year. No more debt, no more student loans. I am so excited for these two. Here's what this unstoppable debt crushing couple had to say about why now was the time to make a change in their lives. Well, you know, uh, for a while, I mean, basically ever since, uh, ever since we got married, you know, we combined our, all of our finances and, and, you know, we were making efforts to, to stay on the budget and to deal with some of our debt, but we were kind of winging it one month. We would put, you know, this amount away in the next month based on X, Y, and Z, we would put something different away. And it just kind of started to feel like, uh, we weren't, we, we weren't, uh, being as efficient as we wanted to be. And we just decided to, to get serious about it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And I think we also just wanted to make sure that like our income was working for us too. Um, and that we just, that we had a plan every month and we weren't just like, you know, just kind of spending money and not really thinking about it. Outside of setting aside focused time together to discuss their finances and their goals, one of their major tactics that they used was a monthly budget. Uh, yeah, so we're um, we're using Mint right now, um, and we love it. For several years, I, I had this um, terrible-looking Excel spreadsheet um, that I'm never going to use ever again, <laughs> um, and Mint is working really well for us. With that nagging credit card debt out of their lives, Dave and Megan are ready 
have a new plan of attack with their money. Well, you know, I'm sure there'll be some vacations in there here or there, but, you know, maybe maybe not the, the, the big ones just yet. We want to get the, the student loan debt paid off so that we can then move into a, a, a regimented plan to pay off the mortgage. You know, um, there's a lot of interest that we're going to that we're scheduled to pay over the next, you know, lifetime. And, uh, you know, if we can make a plan to, to handle that sort of quickly, I think that sounds great. And if we can do that while we're still contributing to our uh, to each one of our retirement accounts, uh, you know, our general savings, and then be able to do, you know, a little something here or there. That's kind of, you know, that's the that's the big plan. Maybe, you know, move into investing a little bit. But, you know, one step at a time. I asked this debt crushing couple what advice they would have for others with student debt and credit card debt. And here's what they said. Um, so I would say like the first step would be to create a budget and then really start looking at where all of your money is going every month. Um, I think that really helped for us. Um, I know that Dave has a little bit of a different perspective on that, but that that's my, my advice. What would you say, Dave? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, for me, um, I like things. I, you know, I'm unfortunately have this materialist uh thread in my personality that's been hard to excise out. And so for me, I felt like it was just, I had to stop spending money cold turkey. Um, you know, we, and, and it sounds silly, but you know, it's just little things here or there, things you, things you like to do, things you collect, things you go out and, you know, spend money at bars and restaurants or whatever. And it just, you know, it's uh, once all of our bills were paid, it was just sort of like I had extra money left. And, and again, it was sort of like this month, like, all right, well, I don't have any specific obligations. So it's kind of up to me now. And I would, you know, buy books or I have an art collection or what, what, whatever it is. And, and, um, and that just got kind of hard to do. So we, um, we just decided to, to stop all of that and, you know, um, kind of go on an austerity plan. And so it, uh, that, that's, that, that's what worked for me. I mean, yeah. we downsized our vehicles. Um, we got rid of some pretty substantial monthly, uh, bills based on the cars we were driving. So we scaled that back and just really sort of like decided that we weren't going to spend money. We didn't need to. And I feel like that was the first step that started like making it feel real for me. What was it like the first uh, week or so after you guys made those decisions, Dave? Was that was that a, a big thing? You said you said the word cold turkey. Sometimes when you when you have that in your life, that could feel like pretty impactful. Was that was that tough for you in the beginning? Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, you um, it's it, I feel like it's kind of easy to, to like forget how how quickly you can spend money. You know, you get together with some friends and you guys go out to dinner. Or you go out for a drink, or while you're out, you go out and you know just. You kind of forget that, you know, it's, I feel like I don't deal in cash a lot anymore. It's all cards and stuff. And, and so even, and even just forgetting credit cards from it, even just using our, you know, our money out of our debit account, you, you just put the card out and it's all good. And I was never spending crazy amounts of money in one sitting, but just, you know, it, it adds up. It, that's sort of a, um, a mental connection that I had to make, which was like, you needed, you know, that like part of having fun was going to spend money and that that was those sort of were like intrinsically connected. And that's just I mean, that's just sort of broken psychology. That's that's not true. And that was the big part for me. 
As Dave said, it's all about mindset change. Once you're used to one way of doing things, it's tough to break out. After speaking with Dave and Megan for the past couple of months, I have no doubt that this couple is going to find a great balance of savings and fun. They are an excellent example of true partnership in marriage. Megan and Dave, thanks so much for working with me this year, and congratulations for being our Money Masters of the Week. Do you have a recent financial victory that you want to share in the show? Please contact me. I would love to hear from you. Email me at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or leave me a voicemail at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. I would love to hear these great stories. They really inspire me as well as all the listeners of the show. And if you're interested in partnering with me for coaching services, I'm officially taking new clients. I had so much fun with Dave and Megan that um, that I just want to do it again. <laughs> you don't have to be local to Michigan like they were or where I am. Dave, Megan, and I connected on Google Hangouts, and we made some excellent progress together. We were able to share screens and really connect and talk about a plan and move things forward. So right now I'm focusing on three specific areas for uh, coaching, saving, developing a budget together, and paying off debt. So if you would like help in any of those areas, shoot me a note at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. You'll find all the links and resources for today's show at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 75. Oh my Lord, 75. Wow. That's 75 weeks of fun. Thank you all. (laughs) In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Anonymous. A perfect relationship isn't actually perfect. It's just that both people never give up. Let's give our best for our marriage and our future. Carpe diem. Carpe diem.